welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Service Combination Property Podcast that I'm also sending out as a Facebook Live. So welcome everybody. Now what I'm doing for this episode and Facebook Live is a live mentoring call with uh, Matt. Say hi Matt. Hi everyone. And Matt's uh, up in uh, Blackpool, did you say Matt? Is that correct? That's correct. Cool. Sunny Blackpool, everywhere sunny today, I think. And so you, we met at multiple streams of property income at Progressive. And um, you have got just from what you, we had a brief 30 second conversation just now. And you say that you, you've got a house and you're hoping to turn that house into serviced accommodation. Am I That's right correct. so far? Okay, yeah. fab. That's correct. And so how can I help Matt? Over to you. Um, let's talk about SA. So I suppose that the one thing that I want to or challenge really is um, how I can, because I've got one property that I'm currently converting into an SA, um, but what I've been looking to do is actually increase my, the, the number of SA units I have and trying to get those maybe initially on a rent-to-rent basis. Um and I think one of the challenges is how to differentiate differentiate yourself from the competition. Because I've been into a couple of letting agents more recently, and they're either just shutting me down straight away because they've probably heard it all before, um, uh, or you know what's maybe the quickest way of when speaking to landlords to try and get them to open up. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I mean, this this is I, I cover a lot of this stuff on on my uh, on my training um and and it's all about using the right scripts for letting agents and the right scripts for landlords and their different scripts um and this, this is obviously for rent to sa um and so shall we come to so is that what you want specific help with rent to sa you don't want any help with the house and and whether or not because obviously you have to assess demand and what's in the area, et cetera, for the, for the house. Do you just want to talk yeah. about getting deals from letting agents or do you want to talk about the house as well? Which, um, which one? Probably, probably, probably a mixture of the both, if I'm honest with yourself. I yeah. It would be, be good to know how I can really evaluate um, demand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and equally, because I'm based in Blackpool, um, I'm assuming that it will be really good in the summer months. But then, what can I do to increase the occupancy out of season? Yeah. Okay, I get it. Right. So should, let's just talk first of all about um, getting deals from agents. Now, then, there's certain <laughs> there's certain things that agents will say to you, and it's their stock response when they haven't understood something or you've said something wrong, and they won't actually. Ad- address the thing that's been said wrong and they normally say that it's our company policy not to do company lets or they will say the landlord um, isn't willing to do it uh, or the owner the owner isn't willing to do it 
And more often than not, in my experience, that isn't actually the real reason. So things that people get wrong. Um, you need to make sure that what you should start off with is say you're interested in such and such a property. And will the property be available for a company let? Now, sometimes the letting agent wants to immediately say, have we got you on your our system? And I try and stop that because that can take up a bit of time. And do you know what? There's no point in taking up that time if the letting agent isn't actually going to be open for uh, this company let type scenario. So I, I, I target a specific property. I ask whether or not the agent um, will do a, a company let. And they quite often say, and they might have already said, is the property for you? If they say is the property for you, then you should say, yes, it is my, my company. Okay. And so a lot of people at this point sort of and they say, oh, no, it's not for me. It's, I'm going to be using it as serviced accommodation. And, and, and to be honest, it's too soon to have gone in um, with that. And so you say, yes, it's for me. It's for my company. And ultimately, what I always say at the, at the outset, and, and if this causes, so I did a, a call um, a couple of days ago, a mentoring call, and part of the call was me uh, speaking to the agent um, with my mentee on the call um, in order to just get past the initial objection overcoming. And then uh, today, uh, the mentee went and did the viewings and is basically um, uh, you know, taking it to the next level with the agents offered several more properties. Um, and so that's, that's how good it can be as long as you can get past the first hurdle. And that's where you've yeah. been having um, issues, isn't it? So um, what you then do is say that you're an accommodation company and you are going to be uh, using the, uh, the property for your corporate clients or for your clients, okay? Yeah. Now, prior to... Prior to this, there is legwork that I always suggest people do. And that is actually approaching local companies um, in order to get them as potential customers for your business before you go and speak to the agent. So how does that work? Well, you speak to local companies and give them examples of how if they stay in your serviced accommodation, they can be saving themselves a fortune with their visiting clients and employees than staying, putting them in hotels. Does that make sense so far? Yeah, it does, yeah. And you can be giving them case studies. You can show them that, you know, uh, a three-bed property, let's say you, you, you're after a three-bed, and a three-bed property, you could have, uh, you know, twin beds in the bedrooms, uh, single beds in the bedrooms, so you could sleep, say, five people. Uh, you could have a sofa bed, so six people, easy enough, providing it's got, you know, two bathrooms or one of them's an ensuite. Um and then you can actually demonstrate to the uh, company how you can be saving them money, and then you're going to be getting their attention. Um, now, one of the things you can do is, is you can create a, a spreadsheet or you can create a, a template or whatever, and the local hotels to that company, say it's a Premier Inn, you can show them how, how much three hotel rooms for a week, two weeks, a month, two months would cost versus staying in your three-bed property. Is that making sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. Now, another way of doing it that um, works pretty well is to actually go and uh, go around these hotels and you will see in these hotels lots of tradesmen's vehicles or company yeah. vehicles. And they've got people's email addresses, uh, company addresses, they've got phone numbers on. 
And you can be contacting these people that way and doing exactly the same thing. Now, these this could be, you know, people that are on a contract for months and months and months up in Blackpool. Um, and so that's how you could be getting your future business. Now then, with that, armed with that, when you go and speak to these agents, you can be saying such and such a construction company have asked me to secure um, a, a property for for their employees for the next three, four, five months. That's that's what can happen. And actually, when you then go in with that much volition and credibility, it's yeah. something changes in the way in your demeanor and in, in the way you are able to speak to the agent. And it's so much more powerful. And, and you're able to actually name drop that person at that company or that company as your clients. And that is why you've gone to the agent in order to source Rent to SA. Is that making sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's definitely a lot more powerful doing it that way. Yeah, and this is the, the, the legwork that a lot of people seem reluctant to do in advance of going and trying and getting deals from, from agents. And actually... You know how much do you want want the deal? This is this is just a little bit of um, hard hard yards, if you like, or a little bit of legwork that I suggest people do in advance of going and speaking to agents. Now then, some of the things that that um, you need to deal with with agents, they will sometimes say, and and I like to preempt this. I like to say, look, look, I am your tenant. My company is your tenant, and so I am responsible for paying the rent. So because a lot of agents will think, okay, well. If the if their guest doesn't pay, then how does the rent get paid? Well, you just need to address that from the outset. Yeah. Um, and so the other thing that you uh, just need to address is that because it is, it doesn't sit inside the Housing Act, okay, so it's not going to be, your guests are not going to be staying on ASTs, a short-hold tenancy agreements. They're just going to be signing your terms and conditions. Therefore, right to rent checks do not apply because some agents will say, oh, well, we'll need to know every single person that's coming and going from the property. Well, that's just a non-starter, isn't it? And so if you head that one off at the pass so that they don't bother saying that from the outset, then that's definitely the way forward because that's often a stumbling block for people and they get stuck on that one. So have you got any questions so far, Matt, on, on what I've covered already? Actually, that's uh, yeah, that's really good. It definitely makes you sort of step out. And so you almost so at the start, then you not mentioned serviced accommodation. You're not mentioning Airbnb or Booking.com. You're not yet. Keeping that completely out of the the conversation at this very start. Correct. Um, yeah. And so uh, some some agents um, will call it uh, you know, the company let, or some agents will call it a, a common law uh, tenancy. Okay. Yeah. And so, ultimately, that's that's how you uh, are, are going to source the property from them. Now, when it comes down to say it's a uh, say it's a company let agreement, when it comes down to signing for that, at that point, we always say um, it, it, we need to make a slight amendment because, as explained, it, the property is going to be from my clients, not my employees, because it will still say employees on that agreement. Okay, um, so yeah. that just needs amending. And at some point when the time is right, I always put into the conversation that most companies are still sourcing their property for their employees via um, sites like Booking.com. 
And actually, you can maybe feed in Airbnb later on, but actually, I, in my experience, it's much better to say sites like Booking.com. Yeah. Because for some reason, agents don't seem to mind Booking.com and they have an issue with Airbnb. Well, the reason is because of bad publicity um, in the press, etc. with Airbnb. Yeah. But if you say sites like Booking.com, they seem to be okay with that. And then later on, when, when it's actually, um, if time feels right, you can say, and, and also sometimes um, companies will book via Airbnb. So what you then done is explain and and essentially get their buy-in that it's also going to be advertised on those portals. And I would actually much rather the situation where the agent says, oh, well, no, in that circumstance, we, we can't proceed. Because what I don't want to do is be worried about the phone ringing and get a property pulled by an agent that gets a wee bit spooked and then and you've got future bookings, okay, yeah. that, and they, they, they want to take the property back. Now, with a lot of rent to SAs, what I sometimes what I say to people and, and with some of our rent to essays, we actually only keep the calendar open for a couple of months in advance of the, you know, the current date, just in case it's a rent to essay, the agent or the landlord wants the property back and serves the two months notice. So that's something that you might do. And there's nothing actually that bad with doing that. You're not going to get obviously forward bookings, you know, two, three months, four months, five months in advance. But Sometimes um, people get booked really cheap under those scenarios. And so the closer to check-in, um, the, the higher you can have your prices as well. So there's, there's nothing too bad. Some of the properties yeah. that we own, we have the, the calendars open for much longer. But actually, when all said and done, they, they all seem to, it seems to average itself out in terms of uh, net profit when all is said and done on that. So I don't worry too much about only being available for the next two months. And sometimes with rent to essays, that's a more prudent thing. Okay, so you've covered now with the agent that um, it's going to be listed with Airbnb and Booking.com. And like I said, if they said that was a problem and they don't want to do it, then that's better because sometimes they will find, I've had people say to me that the agent, they didn't say it to the agent, the agent's got in touch and said, I found out it's on Airbnb, I'm not happy and we, we need the property back, okay? So I'd actually much rather people just get this out of the way. But if you choose to, you could just say portals like booking.com, maybe get the property for a while, say a month, two months, three months. And so the agent's really happy before you actually uh, mention the Airbnb bit as well, drop it into the conversation. You might choose to do that. But ultimately, if you said, um, if they ever did come back to you and say, well, it's on Airbnb, you said, well, yeah, uh, portals like booking.com, uh, you know, and Airbnb is, is the way of, that people book property as serviced accommodation. And so the way, the reason I say it is, is you'd be crazy not to also advertise on those platforms um, because that's how you're going to get more business, okay, to advertise on those platforms. Happy with that? Yeah, no, really good. So we've covered right to rent checks. We've covered that the, you want to use their property as a company let. We've covered you going to them with actual people that want to stay. Um, now, the other thing that um, always has to be uh, dealt with is you need to open a, a limited company in order to do it. And I would suggest that you have a limited company that um, doesn't have any assets in it. Okay, so a standalone limited company so that the reason, the really important reason for that is you've got limited liability insurance, okay? And so you need to get that as well for your limited company. Speak to a broker that does service accommodation and get limited liability insurance um, in place. 
Uh, and so it's just a, a completely clean limited company that you're going to operate from. And that's a limited company that, that essentially signs the company letter agreement with the agent. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is that limited company isn't going to pass referencing. Now, most agents will go to referencing and you just need to explain that you've opened up um, in the in the area um and you've you've already got clients and but you you're opening up in blackpool and therefore you've started a brand new limited company because sometimes when i'm doing mentoring calls with people and i'm speaking to agents i'll they will say look i'm working with a uh, a large service accommodation operator um so they can drop me into it etc but i'm i'm going to be opening up my own operation in this town so i've i've started a brand new limited company okay now what you just need to say to the agent is that so it's unlikely to pass referencing but i i will stand as the guarantor now agents are, are totally totally used to people companies etc because to pass most company let you know you need three years worth of trading and hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of turnover and so it's extremely unusual for for people for companies to pass now most times the letting agents don't tell Sorry, the referencing agencies don't tell the letting agent um, any personal information like how, how long your company has been trading and what is your turnover. They will just say past, uh, didn't pass referencing, need a guarantor. Yeah. So, so actually, you could make the decision on, on, on selling them that you're an absolutely brand new limited company. You could just say that if there's any issues uh, with passing the referencing due to turnover, etc., then I'm happy to stand as guarantor. Now, that's normal for an agent. And then as long as... Either you can pass a, a credit check or somebody else that stands as the guarantor. So you, you'd want somebody else um, as a shareholder or a director of the company um, to stand as the guarantor. Or not necessarily, you could get somebody else to do it. But a lot of people worry about um, will they need to um, provide proof of income and et cetera. Well, well, some reference companies do ask for um you know proof of savings and stuff but quite often they will just do a, a basic credit check to see whether or not you're credit worthy and that is quite often all that's necessary all that's required to stand as the guarantor happy days okay yeah really good so that's that's pretty much we don't need to go into you know minutiae of detail but that's that's covering most of the bases uh, that you need to to know in order to operate or to get properties from letting agents. Now, one of the things that I, um, if you've already got units, you can say to the agent, look, if you want to come and have a look at some of my units, then that's, that's, you're more than welcome to do so. Okay, just to see how we keep them, because I always say that we keep them in show home condition. But obviously, if you haven't got any, then that presents a problem. But what you can do is actually try and um, hook up with other people in Blackpool and um and just ask them whether or not you they would be willing to collaborate with you and so you can say look if i get bookings and i can't take them because i've got all these contacts of people that want service combination um you, are you happy for me to pass them to you what do you think their answer to that's going to be oh, yeah definitely okay so what you can say to them is you know i'm probably going to be giving you um you know lots of business to start off with but um would you be happy if you had no guests in your property at the time for me to uh, show someone round just to see how I'm going to be um, operating? Okay, so that's a yes or no at the end of the day, right? Um, 
But what you can do with an agent, some people have got, you know, a little bit more ballsy. They'll say to an agent, look, if you want to come and have a look at any of my other SA units, you're more than welcome to. And then, do you know what? I know for a fact that nine times out of 10, the agent will say no because they're busy. But the fact that you've offered it makes them relax. Okay. And they are now you know feeling warm and fuzzy about the fact that you you know what you're doing and you and you've you've got other units okay but if if they do say to you okay yeah fine um i'd like to come and have a look then you can say okay well let me check my availability let me check um when i've got um you know when when the properties are empty and then i'll get back to you happy with that yeah i know i know a couple of um operators as well so that's obviously uh yeah, good, good note I can use almost immediately. Fab. So that's a good way of, of actually um, setting the agent's, um, you know, worries uh, at rest, whatever, uh, concerns at ease, and um, so that they, they, they know that you're going to be keeping their properties in show home condition because that's the, that's the USP. That's how you're going to be keeping them. So you basically always need to tell them that you you know um you will let them know if there's any maintenance issues etc always tell them that at least once a week you have cleaners going in in order to um keep the properties in show home condition and then you will let them know if there's any issues that that they need to be aware of a lot of people actually say to the agent oh well we'll cover all the maintenance and minor maintenance and stuff and that spooks some of the agents because they don't they can trust their own tradesmen to do maintenance in the property, they can't necessarily trust yours. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. So yeah. we actually don't don't say that to them. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. They quite often make a markup. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on on the on calling out uh, the trade. So so you just want to be careful on 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 that side of it. All right. Now, yeah. uh, for someone like Blackpool. What I would say to you is don't have one night stays because you will just get hen and stag dues. Um, and you might even want to consider having a minimum of three night stays. You make a lot more money from the longer stays. Okay. Yeah. So I would, I would probably advocate doing that. And um, what else? Okay. So yes, it's quite going to be seasonal, but because it's a large town, I don't know what, what's the population of Blackpool. It's going to be 70 or 80,000. Yeah, there you go you know um that that ticks all the boxes in terms of population size and so be, with a town that size with a town that size you're going to get all year round demand because it's only towns you know say smaller than fifty thousand. if they're in a seasonal place that you need to worry about the winter whereas a town of over seventy thousand has got all year round demand because people are going to be working on building sites and doing doing um you know jobs and contracts and it contract they're gonna it's gonna go on all year round this the situation is that in the summer you're just going to earn more money because you're you're also going to get the holiday makers and that's just going to peak spike the prices in the summer but there will still be demand in the winter you just got to make sure you don't spend all your money in the summer and then you've just got to put some aside for the winter that's all because in the winter you might you might be breaking even but in the summer you're going to be smashing it Happy days. Yeah, yeah. In terms of occupancy, then, what, what should you aim for? Well, actually, if, you, if you're 100% occupied, you're too cheap. So right, typically, okay, yeah. UK-wide, the occupancy is between 70 and 75%. And, and, and yeah. what we do is when we do, well, on our training, we teach people how to do their due diligence so that it's going to wipe its face and, and basically cover all costs at 50% occupancy with only one person staying. 
okay, because you charge extra people per night rate. So normally two people can stay for the same price as one, but some people do, you know, extra person above one. But um, if your property sleeps five, then, you know, a third person is extra 25 quid, for instance, fourth person again, fifth, fifth person again. But what we teach is that if a place is going to wipe its face at 50% occupancy, just one and two people stay in, then that's a goer because then the difference between the 50% and your 75% is your profit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then if you start yeah. getting too far above 80%, um, in terms of short stays, then you're too cheap. You need to be raising your prices because your 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 costs are going to be significant with your cleaning and laundry if you're getting too many short stays. Yeah. Happy with that? And then yeah. when you're getting too many short stays, you're not available for the nice long chunky bookings of two, three, four months because you, you, you've got too many short bookings in your calendar. So you actually want to disincentivize the short stays, okay, and make it better for, for people staying long stays. Now, normally, this is when people contact you direct and then you can actually say, well, ignore the... Uh, the booking.com uh, price, I'll give it you for that because you can offer a significant discount. You're not paying the OTA fees. You're not paying lots and lots of cleaning and laundry costs. So you can offer, uh, you know, a hell of a lot less for the nice, long, chunky bookings. Okay. Now, obviously, if you're at 80, 90%, 100% occupancy because you've got four, four five, six month stays, and that's all fine and dandy. Don't, you know, you're, you're going to be making a killing on that one. But if you're getting too occupied on the short stage, you're too cheap. Now, Scott, we're, I'm I'm actually um, out, probably outstayed my welcome in the progressive podcast studio, and that's a normal time for a, a podcast episode anyway. So I don't want to go uh, too much longer. But I'm hoping you you found that useful. No, it's been really good. There's some uh, yeah massive hints and tips there straight away. As I said, the the approach um, doing it in a professional manner. Uh, yeah, would certainly step you uh, um, or differentiate yourself from the rest. It sure. certainly would. Now, now, listen, I'm, I'm always going to say this and it'd be remiss of me not to. I do suggest you come and get properly trained um, yeah. here at Progressive on serviced accommodation because you don't know what you don't know, Scott. And um, we have actually only scratched the surface in terms of what you need to do to get properly set up and actually um, protected in terms of yeah. being compliant, et cetera. So your guests need to be protected and so do you. So there's an awful lot more to cover. Don't get me wrong, um, but I'm, hopefully that's been useful for you. I, I think you should actually come and get trained up in SA um, yeah. before plowing into service combination because there's an awful lot of moving parts and people underestimate it. And an awful lot of the calls I get are from people who have gone and done service accommodation without training and and then they they run into problems. So one of my phrases, if you think education is expensive, try ignorance. That's expensive. Ignorance. But, um, you know, I'll let you uh, make make your decisions on that. I know you're, you're getting into deal packaging as well. Now, if you understand service accommodation, if you're properly trained in service accommodation, then that's a fantastic combination, deal packaging and service accommodation. And the, the appetite for deal packaging rent to SA right now is awesome. So if you learn properly how to acquire rent to SA, then you can deal package those on to yeah. uh, investors at say five five thousand a pop. Okay, so that that's I mean that's a whole new episode and podcast episode all on its own that one. Um, but you know I'll leave I'll leave that with you, Scott. Um, hopefully you found that useful, and hopefully everybody listening and watching found that episode useful and I'll finish as I always do here's to your success in serviced accommodation thanks a lot cheers Kevin cheers bye bye
Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier. Soldier.